This is Katie. And this is Derek. Welcome, Welcome to, to the, the break room. room. Yo, what's up? It's your favorite podcast teacher kind of people here. This is Derek. This is Katie. And this is The, the Break, Break Room. Room. Where all the tea happens. This is where you come to be encouraged. This is where you come to let loose. This is where you come just by looking at our podcast thumbnail. You know it's a place where you can either sit up straight or you can lay down on the couch. You can put your feet up on the coffee table. You can cry. You, you want to cry. cry. This is a place where we vibe, right? We vibe. We vibe. And I asked Katie multiple episodes ago, are there actual real teacher tears on the couch? And she said... Absolutely. Yes. So feel free to come into the break room. We and called it the cry couch. The cry couch, which is absolutely amazing. Speaking of crying, okay. why so much freaking testing? This is what we're talking about today. Uh, all the testing. The testing. All the testing. What types of tests do we have? Well, we have the high stakes tests. What's that? Which is at the end of the year, kids are based, they judge kids based on what they learned. And then they judge teachers based on how their kids did on the test. Wow. So the high stakes test, that's it. That's what it is. It's one day. What did you learn in math? And then they give you the test. You can take as long as you want on it. And then based on that day, that's what you learned that year. So it's, in my opinion, not the best measure. Let's pause real quick and let's talk about some things that are indicative of the other that are actually causal or causality, right? Can I tell how good or how much your husband loves you by the way he acts in public? A hundred percent no. Can I tell how good of a parent you are by the way your kids behave? Mm, maybe not. It depends. It depends. Can I look at a kid physically and tell how well you feed them or not? No. No? So things are not causal, huh? Like, there's some other things to consider. Like, as a parent, like, there's some things to consider about my kid being an individual. Or as a spouse, it's like, I can't control that other human. I mean, I'd hope that they, like, honor me and respect me in a certain way while they're out in public. But I don't know that I people can determine how good of a person I am by how that person. Right. Well, I mean, my husband adores me, but he's he's not down for the PDA. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. No, he's not going to, unless he's had a couple drinks. Am I allowed to say that on this podcast? I think we can. This is a teacher podcast. Okay, yeah. I mean, drinking. of course we go out for, we go for happy hour after seventh period on a Friday. I mean, that's the thing. Uh, I have a friend in Texas or in Tennessee who calls it choir practice. So when they're talking <laughs> to uh, Kelda, if you're listening to this, they, they call it choir practice when they talk around their kids. So the kids, no, they're not. I'll see you at choir practice. Yes, that's how they talk about I, it. I mean, I worked with a guy who he would call it unprofessional development. Which is exactly what it is. And he even emailed the masses and would be like, unprofessional development at Louis, like three, three o'clock, sneak out like a ninja, like, ah, we're leaving. And no, I mean, he never got called on it. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, me too. Anyway. So PDA, sorry. PDA, he's not going to, he's just, he's not that guy. Yeah. Unless he's had a couple drinks. Yeah. Are you a PDA-er? Yes. You look like... You hold hands, you want to kiss, you want to hug. Yes. Yeah, that's good. You're a pretty affectionate person. Yeah. And you love your kids, like. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I wish my kids wanted to, me to hug them in public. Yeah. They did, don't. Did they ever like that? No. No. 
So when we talk about testing, right? Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, let's go back. Like, I, I got you. That, I'm, 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 I'm your bowling. Um, what are the the bumpers? The bumpers. I'm your bumpers. <laughs> I keep, okay, I keep okay. KDK in the lanes. <laughs> so when we're talking about about this this type of testing, right? It's like what you based what you did the whole year. We we look at this one test and we determine whether or not the kid learned and whether or not the teacher taught. That's correct. Give me another type of test that we do in schools. Really, in my experience. I make sure that my class is project-based. Okay. So just because if they don't do well on the test, because some kids aren't going to do well on a test. They never are. They're not test takers. The questions, they could try as hard as they possibly could, and they aren't going to pass the high stakes test at the end of the year. Does that make them less valuable? Mm -hmm. Does that make them, they shouldn't be able to pass a class because no, because what if they are, what if they should go straight into trade school and become a welder and make the hell of cash. Uh, So a lot of my stuff is project based. So you're not just going to fail my class if you're not a good test taker, but I still teach how to take that dang test because it is, uh, it does affect their lives. Yeah unfortunately. So if you don't pass the eighth grade reading test, mm-hmm. you, you can't get your license. And, and funding is based on testing too, right? That is correct. How but I mean, those tests, the test companies are making a lot of money. Yeah. And I think you've got to get teachers involved to actually write them mm-hmm. because some people haven't been in the class for so long. And they're the ones writing the test. And they're wi- writing the test. I heard, and you can tell me whether or not this is true, okay. that prisons are built based on reading scores in elementary school. I feel like I told you that. Did you tell me that? I might have told you that. So it's true. It is true. Third grade. Uh-huh. Third grade. Um, so prisons are built on third grade reading tests. So if you fail the third grade reading test, you're more likely to go to prison. So we have all these tests, and it sounds like the tests aren't really for the kid, for the student. Well, I just don't think they're going anywhere. So I feel like at some point you have to kind of understand that this is happening and that you can help the kids get a better test score with some tricks and some tips and some things. And because it's not going anywhere. I could, it's not in my circle of influence. And so we could talk about project-based and applying the, the stuff to the world and their real lives. But at the end of the day, what I hear a lot of teachers who are defeated, what I hear them say is, I have to teach these kids how to take the test. I got to teach to the test. Is that a real saying, like in classrooms? Yes. And... Teaching to the test doesn't mean you're boring, Mm -hmm. doesn't mean uh, your kids aren't getting what they need. Like, Mm -hmm. you have to be creative with it. I saw my test scores go up when I started group quizzes, and it just was born out of my my brain and that I wanted to gamify something. I had to give this quiz that the district was making me give, and, and so I put them in a group, and I said, you can't call me over until you have fully talked about every single question and, you know, written it down on the bubble sheet, which is a Scantron. Mm -hmm. But whoever gets the lowest grade in the group, everybody gets. Ooh, the lowest. So no one can be like, I'm just going to do it by myself. I don't care. Because, so then they really start to listen to each other's brains. And so a kid who struggles with test-taking skills 
paired with a kid who doesn't and they can like listen. Yeah. How they break it down. Okay, we know that B's wrong. We can take out D. So it's between A and C. Mm. Let's look at the, you know, how to annotate a test question. Yeah. Is that going to be life-changing for them? Maybe. Because they have to take their ACT and they yeah. have to they have to take the SAT and they have to do those high stakes tests at the end of the year. So, yeah. but I just think it's a small fraction of what we have to do as teachers. And it sucks. It yeah. does. And and to me, like when you talk about group based quiz or group quizzes, or the way that you just you just described that that process, I think I would learn more in that setting, right? Because now I'm getting I'm able to hear all the possibilities. I'm able to exclude some. I'm able to consider most versus me in my own head trying to figure it out. Right. Well, you think about how we work as an adult. Mm -hmm. Like we had a call a couple, maybe a month or so ago, and we were talking about, you know, different ideas that we have for teachers, for corporate people. Uh, We collaborate on this. This podcast is way better because the two of us are here and not just one of us. Yeah. And that's how we work as adults. Yeah. So, you know, some... In most environments. In most environments. You know, some people might say it's cheating, but we call it collaborating. Ooh. That's what most people do. Right. It's not, like, in school, we call it cheating. In life, we call it collaborating. Right. It's not fair. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. So when you think about the, the testing, let's talk about some good components of testing. Okay. Because we've been pooping on testing here for like 10 minutes straight. Oh. Let's, let's talk okay, about okay, some okay. good components of testing. What, what, how can we use testing as benchmarks, as indicators? How can we? I think that we should. Mm-hmm. We shouldn't weaponize it against teachers and kids. Mm. So if you have a kid, like probably our kids who were read to at night, who were fed yeah. when they needed to be fed as an infant, you know, those first five years, they're going to do better on a high stakes test Mm -hmm. than a kid who was neglected their first five years. Mm. So I don't remember that question. Yeah. We're talking about like, how can we, how how can we use tests? Like what are some good components of tests, right? Benchmarks, indicators, like. We should use the data. We should be looking at data. We should be analyzing the data. And I say that in the same breath as I say, I know that kids are more than a data point. I know Mm. that, but you can look and see, okay, Ethan is here and I need him to come here. So I need to learn about Ethan Mm -hmm. and about what makes him tick, what, how he can learn, how his brain is wired, how, like, how can we bring Ethan from here to here? That's part of our job as well. So I think that's a, it's good. How do we use tests as ways to help families uh, serve and equip and prepare their, their student children? Well, I think that parents should be allowed to see the data. A lot of times they're not. Mm. Is that a truth? That's true. Why not? Well. Like that, like school-wide data or their students' data? Everything. Really? Yeah. And I think you can request it. Like if you know but the you system have to inside. It. Yeah. So like they start testing kids at, in pre-K in kindergarten. Mm-hmm. The STAR test, this test, I had a baby kindergarten teacher write to me and say, I'm a kindergarten teacher and I didn't get in this so I could give the star test to every single kid once a week. And I don't even know what they're doing with the data. Like, um, she's like, I'm trying to have, you know, I'm trying to have carpet time, you know, and everybody comes sit on the carpet. I'm not trying to do this. So 
Yeah, I think there's a lot of testing in which our families don't really get a peek into it. I remember young, when I was younger, I remember those tests being sent home, like the results. And there was like, you had like um, me and then you had all my class and then you had other um, kindergartners or first graders in the state. And you had like this little graph and I remember my mom sitting there and I remember her talking to me like, oh, you're in the 80th percentile. Uh-huh. And you're in the, like, and I thought it was really cool. Uh, but for her, like she was always... Uh, aware of areas where I was not not good. And so when I think, or areas I could improve. And so when I think about sending that information home to parents, right, it, it adds that extra layer of accountability, right? And ideally, to me, our government, like our national governments are concerned about our kids, and then our state is concerned about our kids, and then our city is concerned about our kids, and then our district is concerned about our kids, and then our school, and then the teachers, and then parents, and families, and community, right? If if we insulate all seven or eight of those layers, then our kids should be doing pretty good. Yeah, agreed. But in the United States, <laughs> we're 41st in the world. Did you know that? Ooh, I did not know that. Ooh. All of U.S.? The entire yeah. United States... In the world is 41st. 41st. The top world power, the driver of commerce and economy and the face of capitalism. Yes, the people who thought up Disney World. <laughs> 41st. Mm. Like, what? So we're doing something wrong. Yeah. But then also, that's outside of my circle of influence. What I tell teachers, like, I guess you have to give the start test. Yeah. But what can we do to make it? more engaging what can we do to help the kids and I think that the scores are available to parents like now they could get like a little password and a username and it comes to an email does it come to an email does it go to the junk email I I find I find my kids and I look at it but also do parents want to be that for their kids too like you failed math you got and it's it's advanced proficient basic you failed and below basic. Basic? Like basic. That's the language we chose. That is what we chose. It used to be unsatisfactory. Unsatisfactory. And then they like they would take it on a screen and then it would pop up and it would say, you scored unsatisfactory. So we were telling kids they were unsatisfactory. Is it better to tell them they're basic or unsatisfactory? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, what is the difference really? Find out? I don't know. You know, the cool thing that I, I think about this, about testing, is, you know, I hear you say with your logical and um, um, objective teacher mind that there are some good sides and some not so cool sides of testing. They're not leaving. So we can, I am, I'm PLC trained. I'm RTI trained. Mm -hmm. I I can look at data. I can help you raise your scores. It's one of the things I do. I can go into a district and look at their data and help them raise scores. Uh, So we can love kids that way. We need to love kids in all kinds of ways. But that's one of the ways I uh, used to have this group of kids that um, that I met with after school. Have I talked about the Art Science Prize on this podcast? Mm-mm. We used to meet with kids, and we took art and science, and we, like, represented it in a really cool way. And we had the— Did you write the curriculum? I did not write the curriculum. It's an international curriculum. And uh, the year before, they took kids to France— and uh, the following year, um, they took them to Boston. So people from around the world came to Boston. But in order to make it to Boston, you had to make it out of like your local chapter. And then you were invited, which was really cool. Uh, and I, I had a chance to take kids to Boston. And um, we saw some really cool projects out there. But the project that we took, 
And these are kids. You had one kid that was, uh, I actually had two kids that were A and B students. And you had another kid that I believe that was like a CD student. And uh, we put them in the same group because that's what we do, right? And they created something called the pop-up lawnmower. Ooh. And uh, one of the students, their grandpa, um, no, 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 no. Um, the superintendent for Metro Tech died cutting his grass, right? Like had a heart attack. It was hot. He came in and drank a Coke, passed out, never recovered. Yeah, yeah. And the, they kind of hit the students. And they were like, what if we created something where we didn't have to be outside cutting grass? And so they were like, what if we created something that cut grass like a sp- sprinkler system? And it popped up out of the grass. And then the weed eater uh, line like popped out and was like, and then dropped back in and your grass was cut. And I was like, Stop. what? Does it still exist? It doesn't exist at all. It was just an idea that they had. And they made a prototype. And it was this box with this turf on top. And they had this mechanical arm that once you push this button, it says, and it came up and it spun out. And then once you hit the button, it stopped and it went back in. Stop. So cool. Did they patent it? Did they, they did try to get it? Okay. You need to get back in touch with them. Yeah. I keep in contact with, uh, with two of them. One of them is, has graduated double major from UCO. Another one's at OU right now. The third one is working some fast food place. Yeah. Okay. But, but. that but making money. Uh, he's making money. He's, he's providing for his family, his little brother. They were in foster care. That was the one that, that struggled. Anyhow, I say all that to say. You had two. One was Hispanic, one was white. Um, both had supporting families, infrastructure. The other was a mixed kid, and I'm being super general right now. And he was in foster care, and he had two younger siblings. Uh, he wasn't in foster care. Sorry, his dad uh, was away, and so he was living with people. So essentially they were, like, couch surfing, and it was just like he just had a rough situation, and he was like, bro, I'm not stupid. I'm sleepy. Right, right. Like he was like, right. it's a difference. He was like, everybody treats me like I'm stupid. I'm literally just sleeping. I'm tired. Yeah. So he didn't he didn't wake up like because he was up all night and he'd go to sleep and he had to wake him, catch the bus, and he'd get to school and he was struggling through his first three or four classes. And like, I don't wake up until like three or four o'clock, which is when I come here, because it's after school. And so we got the best of him at the peak of his day. And then he would go to work and he'd work a late night and then go home and he'd sleep and he'd go all over again. And so it was really cool to kind of see that individual thrive in that way. And it was, uh, it was pretty solid. But I say all that to say that I think test can appear and be presented in multiple different ways. Agreed. Right? It's not Scantron. Wait, did it still use Scantrons? Okay, it's not Scantrons. It's not, you know, everything multiple choice, fill in the blank. You know, it's not always sitting down with a paper or an electronic device and choosing the correct answer. Sometimes what I think is group work and projects, which I absolutely love that you said. And I had a teacher that uh, I loved in high school. They, uh, it was a physics teacher. And he came up and he said, Derek, you got this answer wrong. Um, do you know why you got it wrong? Exactly. And I said... Yeah, like after I turned it in, I forgot that blah, blah, blah. And he was like, go back and do it again for me. Right. I went back, did it, came back with the right answer. He gave me half credit, which I thought was cool because it was more than zero. <laughs> of course. Right. And so I went back and got half credit on everything that I missed. And it took my grade from a D to a B. Okay. See, and I, that's if the goal is the learning, yeah. I'm big about this. And I fight with teachers about it because they want the zeros. They want to stick it to the kids. And I don't understand. Like, let's say the kid missed. 38% of their tests. Like, yeah. why not hand it back to them and give them a thing of sticky notes and be like, get the right answer this time, write why you got it wrong, write why the right answer is right. Yeah. And I give you some points. Yeah. Why not? 
Yeah. I don't get that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, we had the school bell. I hate to cut. Oh, I'm testing. Okay. I know, I, know. I hate to, to crash it, but we got a question for you. Okay, I'm ready. Right. Um, I don't get it. I don't like it, but I have to do it. This is the question that was submitted today. I don't get it. I don't like it, but I have to do it. How do I reconcile my morals and my beliefs with the job that I've been paid to do? It's really hard, and it's one of the reasons I say we we work inside this bubble of brokenness yeah. that if the district is making me do with something or the state or the national government for yeah. my kids, I have to do it. And if I'm not there to do it, then somebody else is going to be there to do it. And maybe they don't have the best interests for my kids and maybe they don't. So I'm going to give the star test, but I'm yeah. also going to create experiences for them. I'm also going to love them through hard things yeah. And I am not going to burn out on something that is outside of my circle of influence. Mm. So you've got to stay in it. And what can you do? Yes, you have to give the star test. But also, what can you do when you're not giving that star test that you are creating those experiences for kids? So that's what I would say. And that's what I say to teachers all over the country. Yeah. And if I can repeat kind of speaker listener technique, like what I heard you say was. Okay, uh, let's hear it. Is that you don't have to do one or the other. You can do both. Yeah. You can do both well. You can teach you the test, but you can also encourage and love on students and give them a different perspective. And by doing both, you kind of surround the the whole thing. Yes, okay, correct. Cool. All yes. right. That was the bell, teachers. I'm so sorry. You must get out of the break room. You got to go back to class. Get I'm, off the cry couch. It's time to go back. I know you want to hang out with us. Give the star test. We can't. Uh, ooh, but you can't do it. You can't do it. So thank you so much for hanging out with us here. I hope you go back and have a great, wonderful day. Love on your students. Hallway leadership. Gamify your classrooms. Do the testings and Do the things. If, if do all the teacher any things. Doubt, uh, Derek and Katie loves you. Uh, and we're so glad you stopped through. Uh, this is Derek. This is Katie. And this is The, the Break Room. Break room.